is episode number 66 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this particular episode, we are going to talk about the prophet Yeremehu and how his words resound even in our current day and age, giving us edification and direction on how we should be able to get back to the ways of the Most High. Stay tuned. Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. Exile. <clears throat> in the last episode, <clears throat> we started talking about mitzvot. Yes. And as we once again continue in that vein, um, do you realize the number of individuals who do not know what the mitzvot are. Do you realize how large a body of people there are that do not know what those are? Yes. I think I have an idea, but the scope of that is probably pretty big. Oh, it is. A pretty large demographic of people and probably when they, when they think about they probably don't know what the word mitzvot actually means. Just first start, even, even start there. Well, the greatest problem is, is that amongst the so-called Oxenazis mm. and those individuals who are supposed to be proponents of teachers of Torah, um, their people do not know what Torah is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's back up. Let's back train up. Car, train, boat, whatever you got. You mean tell me. Ashkenazi, who used that vernacular mitzvah, Torah, Tanakh, Chumash, all of these Hebraic terms, and they don't know what the mitzvot are? <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. And here's why. Mm. <clears throat> that demographic just got larger, because I was my reference was just to, to Hebrews in exile. Here's why. The majority of people who are pontificators of Torah are teaching the parashas. Ah, I see. They're teaching the history. Yes. Okay. And they're not, they're not elucidating or bringing explanation within the parashas, setting aside the mitzvot mm. and explaining the application of mitzvot to their congregants, so their congregants don't know what Torah is. Ah, I see. They're I in the see. same position that we were right. before our eyes were opened to Devarim chapter 4 mm -hmm. and um, the Helium or Psalms 119. Wow. Oh, where we were just going through and they're kind of explaining the narrative of what was going on and kind of the backstory, but not really delving into the 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 actual commands. Yeah, and only we only talked about and and with that in those studies, we only talked about the what we quote quote call the critical commands, mm. such as keeping the Sabbath, right? Dietary laws, mm -hmm. moedims. Yep. And in the midst of that, a few smatherings of misfolks that we could remember. Right. Right. You know, like not, <laughs> not lighting the fire on the, on the Sabbath and mm -hmm. things like that. But, right. But the mitzvot themselves mm. that the most high has told us that we should obey mm. 
And the words of the king, David, mm-hmm. in Psalms, when he talks about the statutes and the precepts and the mitzvotes and how that he meditates on them day and night. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get back to something that I left said earlier. Mm-hmm. How can you meditate on something you don't know? That's right. You know, the analogy that I just thought of as you were explaining that was kind of this this uh, analogy of uh, athletics, basketball, for instance, to say that we hear exposition and commentary from a lot of these talking heads about who's playing, what plays were ran, but there is no, they're, they're not sitting there on television explaining to you what the referees know, which is the rules of the game. How in the world can you play the game, even as a player, and you don't understand the rules? Exactly. Or quote unquote, the mitzvotes yeah. of how the game is supposed to be played. Right, right. You can run pick and rolls and and triangles and isolations all day long. But if you don't know what the rules of the game are, then then you're just out there freelancing. You're running plays, but you don't know how to work within the confines of the of the parameters of what the game is. You amaze me. Hmm. What? Mr. I'm not athletic and I don't, and I don't watch sports. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> Because I use isolation. <laughs> isolation, isosceles triangles. No, um, I play NBA 2K. I'm kind of seasoned in NBA jam. <laughs> okay. I forgot you got two boys. Right, 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 right. But yes, um, There's no understanding. Mm. They talk about there being 613, of which there's not. Yeah. Which there's there's not. not. Mm -hmm. But in teaching them Mm. so that the uh, congregate can know them and, you know, walk in them and think about them. Sure. As King David has said, mm-hmm. and as Moshe has so amply stated in Devarim that his assignment by the Most High was not to teach them history, but to teach them laws, rules, and statutes. Yeah, we got to get you ready for how we matriculate across this body of water into the land. How are you supposed to govern yourself? So... There is a problem, before I get into them tonight, mm. there is a problem that exists. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to say to anybody, if you really wanna know what is going on and how it is affecting us to this day, uh you really need to go in and read and try to understand the book of Jeremiah. Mm. Jeremiah <laughs> speaks to us out of a current tone. In other words, this prophet could be alive today, standing or sitting in the seat of Mashe and teaching us the things of the Most High and why things are the way they are and what the heart of the Most High is concerning his people in their diaspora, in their um, state of being uh, absent from him uh, physically, spiritually, and all other ways, this prophet speaks loud and clear. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean... When I, when you think about how the prophets and how Moshe has laid out these mitzvot and Torah, it hasn't changed at all. We still have the same problems as the children of Israel were having during their time as we're having today. When we read this prophet, mm. he speaks about Yehuda, but he also speaks about Israel and what you have to know. When the prophets speak in termination, in terminology that separates 
the whole nation, he's really speaking about the whole nation, but the nation is divided because you have the northern kingdom, which is called Israel, and you have the southern kingdom, which is yeah. called Yehuda. Yehuda, yeah. But both of these, the whole house of Israel is, is guilty of their infractions towards the Most High in their idolatry and in their wandering away from the teachings of the Most High, which is his Torah. Right, right. So this prophet in chapter number five, I'm going to open there to, to, in our discussion. Chapter five and verse number 20. Mm. Announce this to the house of Yaakov. Yaakov is Israel. Mm. Proclaim it in Yehuda and say, hear this, stupid, brainless people who have eyes but do not see, have ears but do not hear. Now he's going to ask a question. Don't you fear me, says Yahweh. Won't you tremble at my presence? We talked about this in a prior pod, and we asked the question, why don't people obey and listen to what the Most High has to say and your response was that there, that it's not tangible. Tangible. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's asking, and and here's here's another issue that I that I've that I've come I've come to realize. Okay. It is becoming a known discussion amongst people of melanation that they are Hebrew. I mean, okay. I, I talked to some people uh, this past weekend and yeah, I heard somebody tell me that, you know, you're Hebrew. You know, you're Hebrew. Uh-huh. And um, I go, yeah, you are. You're explaining it to me. But my next question is, do you know what that means? And right. do you know what comes with being Hebrew? Mm-hmm. No. They don't. Hmm. So there's an awakening in terms of people realizing that they are Hebrew, but they don't know what comes with or what the expectation is of them being Hebrew. Right. Jeremiah, Jeremiah who calls us stupid, hmm. brainless, with eyes, but do not see, and ears, and the inability to hear, and the lack of fear. Yeah. So you say you say that so calmly, but I can imagine Yeremehu with fervor, with all that. The yeah. question is, won't you tremble at my presence? Mm. If the presence of the Most High was something that was, what's that word you use? Tangible? Tangible. Uh, you would fear him. Wouldn't you? Sure. You can't see him. Mm-hmm. It's true. Can't touch him. It's true. But I'd be doggone if you can't feel him. This is true too. So now, here's a question. I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel the <laughs> earth move under my feet. Right. Which alludes to, in the way I'm using it, as the earth beneath your feet shake and the ground rumbles and breaks apart and opens up and buildings start coming apart. Um, 
is that an act of nature? Or is that an act of the most high? Mm. And do you tremble at that? Sure you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the most high said, don't you fear me? And won't you tremble at my presence? I made the shoreline for the sea. By eternal decree, it cannot pass. Its waves may toss, but to no avail. Although they roar, they cannot cross it. But this people, Israel, Hebrew Israel, in exile, with reason why we're in exile, has, has a rebellious, defiant heart. They have rebelled and gone. Mm. They don't say to themselves, let's fear Yahweh our mighty one. See, you know what? You can drop that mic, turn these off, and we can go home. Because literally, that's like you just said, that's speaking to right now. I'm, 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 I'm reading, <coughs> I'm reading scriptorial text. Speaks to us right now. Mm. Who gives the fall and spring rains and season? Who Reserves us the weeks assigned for harvest. Your crimes have overturned nature's rules. Your sins have kept back good from you. <laughs> and see, that's the key. And that's, I'm glad that you bring in this prophet out because we have to make that correlation for the people to say the reason why we're experiencing the things, this generational curse that we're a part of it's because we've abandoned these things and you, we, we put the blame on everything else except putting it in the seat of where it needs to be, you know, which is our disobedience. You know, there are so many mitzvahs that I want to share with you and talk to you about, but I have to, I have to, I have to hit on the problem. Right, right. I mean, the mitzvahs, without understanding the problem, you're probably not going to gravitate to mm. the seriousness and severity of why it is that the mitzvot and the commandments and the statutes and the precepts of the Most High are so important. Mm. For among my people, there are wicked men who, like fowlers, lie in wait and set traps to catch their fellow human beings. Today, present time. Our people, our Hebrew people, are sitting in pews every idolatrous Sunday. And I call it an idolatrous Sunday because it is, it is systemic to sun worship, which is idolatrous. And they don't care. No, they don't. And they don't care because there is no fear. The Most High says, you don't fear me. Right. Right. You have more fear for a guy who puts on his pants one leg at a time, bleeds blood and dies than the absolute all-existent mighty one, El, who creates all things, who gives you breath and can take that breath away at a whisper. Right, right. Hey. They pray to a guy who never told them to pray to him. That's correct. Because what he say? He says, they honor, yeah. they honor and worship a guy who never told them to worship him. Correct. But the all-existent spirit that has created all things speaks to this prophet. He says, say to the house of Israel, which is everybody that happens to be of a Hebraic, substance. Right. You don't fear me. 
<sighs> and there are wicked people who are setting traps for you. Their houses are full of fraud as a cage full of birds. Their houses. He's not talking about, he's not talking about the house you live in. He's talking about the house you worship in. And the Most High says they are full of fraud as a cage full of birds. They grow rich, mm. uh-oh, and great, sleek, and bloated. Mm. They excel in the acts of wickedness, but do not plead on behalf of the orphan, thus enabling his cause to succeed, nor do they judge in favor of the poor. Mm. Mm. Should I not punish for this, says Yahweh? Should I not avenge on a nation like this? A shocking and horrifying thing has happened in the land. Mm. The prophets prophesy lies. We talked about this before. Who That's are right. the prophets? Well, the prophets are your hierarchy leadership within the houses of worship. Right. The coining are the teachers who teach what the prophets lie about. So the text says the prophets prophesy lies and the coin him obey the prophets and my people love it that way. But what will you do at the end of it all? Hmm. And the problem with that is we live in time and we don't think about the end. Present. We don't think about the end because we have no idea what the end is all about. Right. That's right. Well, or, mm -hmm. or, or for instance, we, we are taught a narrative that is totally false about what the end is going to be. We have been brainwashed, hoodwinked, bamboozled, and taught that the end is heaven mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ. That, my sisters and brothers, is not the end. As a matter of fact, that's not even a beginning. Right. You got all these terms over there like, we're going to go to the rapture and all that stuff for the people in the old you know, church. I bring yeah. this up. I bring this up, Sean, because <laughs> the idea here is that there is an absence of instruction to Israel in the same in the same book, chapter six of Jeremiah. To whom should I speak? Verse ten. Whom should I warn? Who will listen to me? Jeremiah speaking. Their ears are dull. They can't pay attention. For them, the word of Yahweh has become unattractive and an object of scorn. Now, I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get to the missiles, but this is, this is, this is hitting me too hard for me to, to me to overlook it and, and go and go there. We're, we're going to teach missiles because you, you've got, you, 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 you've got to understand, you've got to get it. But this, this is hitting me too hard, too hard this evening. For them, the word of Yahweh has become unattractive, an object of scorn. You don't go to church and you don't go to Bible study to hear the word of the Most High. Yeah, you don't. Because the word of the Most High is embroidered in the covenant, which to you and most of our people they call it the Old Testament. It's not an Old Testament to us, it's our covenants, our history. So 
with the absence of the knowledge that resides in the covenant and the words that are being spoken every Sunday that bring about the hoop, the holla, the dance, the excitement over a theme. Over a theme, yes. A theme. Yes. We're going to take a text. Right. We're going to make a theme out of it. Yep. And we're going to take that theme <laughs> and we're going to wrap it around and we're going to wrap and we're going to blend mm -hmm. and everybody's going to hoop and holler and you're going to say, man, he sure did preach. It's correct. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 11 o'clock. Or we're going to go to a Word of Faith church and there we're going to hear a message that speaks to the idea of prosperity and other non-essential matters that are germane to eternal life that is spoken about in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, our covenant. Right. So the Most High says, he says, if you're going to boast, as a matter of fact, this is in, in Jeremiah 2, if you're going to boast, let a, let a man, let a wise man boast, not in the wisdom of his wealth. Paraphrasing, mm. let a man boast that he knows me. But he's already told us, you don't fear me. So if you don't fear the Most High, you, you know. don't know the Most High. Right. That's right. Because if you knew the Most High, you would fear the Most High. Right. As our ancestors didn't fear him, they went after and out after other Elohims. They left these mitzvahs that I'm, that I'm trying to teach to you all and help you understand. They left that. They left him and... As I said before, all you guys do is read Lamentations 5 and 7. It tells us that as a result of our ancestors abdicating and turning away from the mitzvot and the Most High, mm. we are receiving the brunt of their disloyalty. Absolutely. In this exile. Yep. We li we're living in that generational curse. And actually, can, can I interject something real quick? Because you, you, you've used the word buzzword in their fear. And I think that, you know, and, and tell me if you agree with this, is that fear in the sense of respect, not fear in the sense of trembling, scared in the corner and, and the most high is going to pounce on me. Uh, and I can't, I, I'm living in a state of trembling and, and, and shock. It's more of a sense of, I understand and respect the power that the most high and the jurisdiction that the most high has over my life. And I function in a, a realm of respect to honor the most high. And that in the sense of fearing, knowing what the most high is capable of doing if I am out of compliance, but I'm not scared of the most high. I respect the most high and what he, and what he can do. Well, that's a nice way to put it. But I'm going to tell you something. Mm -hmm. In the state that Hebrew Israel is in this <sighs> exile. Yeah, we need to be scared. You yeah. need to be scared. Mm. Because all of the things that the Most High has brought upon the nations to which he has exiled us and brought nations to their knees is because we are in it. And, and the things that he allows to be unleashed are not for the nations, they're for Hebrew Israel. Yeah, that's and the problem with it is Hebrew Israel doesn't know they're Hebrew Israel and they don't know that the spanking that they're getting is coming from the Most High because of them. Right. Because of the egregious acts we've committed. And all you have to do is read the prophets to know that this is happening. Right. But every Sunday, yep, you, you, get, you get 
they'll you're going to go over you if even if you cross over into our covenant you pull a snippet out right use the text take a theme use the springboard and then you're off and running with the idea of promoting your theme right they call topical topical <laughs> sermons mm. masterfully done on sunday and if your pastor, if you're the kind of person that has to go to a place where there is, quote, quote, what is called a high level of spiritual uh, rush that goes on that gets you all worked up because the choir has sung well and the preacher has preached you into a into an emotional frenzy in your mind, a person who doesn't do that, well, he can't preach. But the Most High never asked us. There's no, there's no verbiage. I don't know why I'm. I don't even know why I'm here in this in this discussion tonight. There is no verbiage that speaks to any prophet or any individual in scripture ever doing that. Right. You know what? And it's so poignant on what you just said. I got to I got to throw this jab in here real quick because the most high is giving us this scripture and text for us to learn from and I I I have to draw my mind to how we learn every day. People go to universities, people go to school, People were a place of learning, these learning institutions. And the teachers that are standing in front of you are not foaming at the mouth, picking a bale of cotton and doing five cartwheels and eight double monkey backflips in front of you in order for you to learn something. You need to have that charismatic because it's the issue comes boils down to is that we're not here to learn. We're here to see a show. And if I'm going to pay my money, which you translate into tithing to to go to a particular congregation I want to see a show. I want to see somebody that's going to preach and that's going to hoop. And we've totally gotten away from what you eloquently just said. We're here to learn. We're here to learn the precepts of the Most High. And because we haven't learned, we fall into this idea of falling away from the mitzvot. And thus, we're in a situation that we're in. The Most High said to the prophets, speak. He said, speak to Israel mm -hmm. and tell them what I have said. Sure. He did not say, speak to Israel and tell them what anybody else has to say. Mm -hmm. Tell them what I have to say. Sure. Verse 16. Here is what Yahweh says. Here is what the Elohim of Israel says. Stand at the crossroads and look and ask about the ancient paths, which one is the good way. Mm. Take it, and you will find rest for your souls. So the question, once again, comes back to the idea, is your soul at rest? I I'm not... The Most High is not concerned about your body. That's a house. The body, the body, the house is not the critical issue. The soul is the critical issue. Is your soul at rest? Mm. Because if your soul is not at rest, then it's in turmoil because the, I, the issue is, is that the soul is at risk of the punishment of punishment that it's going to it's going to take because of the actions of the body. The body is going to dust. It's 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 going, I'm out of here. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling any anguish. I have nothing to lose. When I'm done, I just simply roll back to dust. Right. I got nothing. I I <laughs> got I don't have no pony in the race. Right. But your soul does. That's right. Sure does. He says, stand 
at the crossroads and look and ask about the ancient past, which one is the good way? Take it and you will find rest for your souls. But they say we will not take it. Mm. Mm. For they pay no attention to my words. And as for my Torah, they reject it. How do they reject it? They reject it on the basis of the fact that they've listened to the pontification of Eurocentrics who do not have a doggone clue about your L. They don't have, they have no knowledge of the potential that he can bring on a nation and on a people. They have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea what it means to fall into the hands oh, yeah. of an angry Elohim. Elohim. They don't have any clue what that is. But you, Hebrew Israel, you have a clue, but you just don't recognize it and you don't acknowledge it. <laughs> you don't acknowledge the pains and the anguish that you go through day by day, month by month, year by year. And if not in your house, it's happening in somebody's house. You're, you're fearful. You're fearful for your children. You're fearful for your own life. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yet and still, you don't recognize that what's happening is at the behest of oh, the most the high, high for one simple reason. He wants <clears throat> his people to know who they are and he wants his people to turn back to his way of life so that he can be your covering and he can be your protector. He can be your shield. And you're exceeding great reward. Mm. It's good. Very good. But we won't do that because Torah, the mitzvot, get in our way. Right. We reject Torah. Yeah. We live in a, yeah. These things that I'm teaching, when I can teach them and I don't get caught up in this, you reject. When I started first tapping out, when I started, when I first turned to become Hebraic and we had a relatively decent congregation, the majority of the congregation that we had said that Torah got in their way. Got in the way. I'm That's not, right. I'm not, Doing, I'm not stopping what I'm doing on the Shabbat. I'm not resting on the Shabbat. I'm not doing, I, I, I cut my grass, I go shopping. There's a lot of things I do on Saturday on the Shabbat, on the Sabbath. So I'm not stopping that. Right. Torah gets in the way. Right, right, right. I'm not going to stop eating pork because I like pork spare ribs and barbecue pork spare ribs and I like ham. It gets in the way. Right. Right. That's right. I'm not going to follow the dietary laws because I like shrimp and I like crab and I like all the diabolical things that the most high is used for the ecosystem to keep it clean and pure so we can live safe and we can have a healthy body and a healthy life. I'm not going to stop doing that. It gets in the way. Right. But then got the nerve to sit there and say, well, why in the world am I being persecuted and oppressed so bad? Well, the reason that is, is because you're not tying two and two together to make four. The reason why you're going through this is because of the fact that you have abandoned these things and you've taken that, that cavalier, crass, curt attitude that it means that the most high doesn't mean that much. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you what, you are teaching the mitzvot. You know that, right? You're teaching one of the 
greatest mitzvot that's been set before us. What's that? Obey. But I can't obey what I don't know. Well, that's what you're saying. That's what we're, we're pontificating on. We're talking about we need to obey the mitzvot. We need to obey them because it's detrimental to our survival. It's detrimental to our, our matriculation back into a sense of opulence that the Most High has for us. And it's just a shame that our people, again, because of culture and we've fallen so far away. It was just like the children of Israel when they went down to Mitzrayim and they rose up a generation that didn't knew nothing about the Most High. We're reliving this all over again. History is repeating itself because we're not learning and we're not teaching. It goes on to say in this chapter number six, verse 21. Therefore, thus says Yahweh, I will put obstacles in the way of this people that they will stumble over. Obstacles. See, this gets back to the issue. See, the issue that we talked about before. There's no, what? That thing, no... uh, Tangible. It's not tangible. Tangible. There's nothing tangible. Mm. I don't listen to him and I don't obey him because I don't fear him because there's nothing tangible for me to wrap my mind around concerning anything that he says. Wow. And there is. That's the, that's, that's. But you see, I don't (sighs) recognize it as coming from him. I mean, after all, he, he loves me. Right. He, he's he's compassionate. He wouldn't do that to me. Yes, he would. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen to the prophets. Mm-hmm. I will put obstacles in the way of this people that they will stumble over. Fathers and sons, neighbors, friends, all will perish together. <clears throat> but you don't recognize those issues coming from the most high. Hmm. <laughs> Hebrews. Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews. Now, with all this being said, in the days of Jeremiah, and all of the things that Israel did that caused the Most High to be angry, mm-hmm. The Most High has said in his word, and I've shared this in a podcast before. I gave you the scripture text. I don't have it with me right now. To the person who rejects the Torah, the Most High says his prayers, their prayers are an abomination. So in verse 16 of chapter 7, he says, So you, Jeremiah, don't pray for this people. Don't cry, pray, or intercede on their behalf with me because I will not listen to you. Mm. Mm. Not a word. Not a word. So not taking anything out of context, But suggesting to you who are out there and say, I pray, but I'm not hearing anything. Well, is it because of the things that I've been talking about for the last 43 minutes? Could it be that you are out of the ear reach of the Most High because you reject? His Torah, his teachings. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if I have to go across the street and pull out a scripture, let's pull out one that or text. It's one of the most famous ones. Even this Yeshua, so-called Yeshua, when they asked him, how should we pray? He said, what did he say? Our father, who is where? In the Hashemayim, which is in the heaven. Holy, 
is your name. Your kingdom come, your will. I'm teaching you how to pray and I'm telling you that you need to pray the will of the most high. The will of the most high is not about your car note. It's not about your emotional state. It is about the return of Israel back to the mitzvot, back to the land. That is the will of the most high. It's, and those, the prayers hit the ceiling and come back down. It's not about thanking him because you scored the winning touchdown or because you shot the winning basket in a basketball game. That's has not, that has nothing to do with anything. As a matter of fact, over across the street in your text, it right. says bodily exercise profit is little. There you go. Now, we are a nation in exile. True. We are many people in exile. We're out of the land. We're exiled out of the land. We're many. We're a nation. Correct. Hebrew, Israel, in exile is a nation. Mm -hmm. This is what the Most High says. Mm. This is the nation that has not listened to the voice of Yahweh, their Elohim. They won't take correction. Faithfulness has perished. It has vanished from their mouths. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I mean, you are right. No. Your Mehu is talking like no. he's in, in this room right he, now. He's talking like he is present. He's a present prophet walking amongst us right now. Right. That, that's, that statement is so true. I mean, <laughs> which is where, where you opened up at at the beginning, which is how do you, you do you know how many people don't know what these mitzvot even are, what a mitzvot even is for that matter? It's escaped their mouths. They don't even talk about it. They don't want to know. And they don't want to know. Mm. Chapter 8, verse 7. But my people do not know the rulings of Yahweh. How can you say we are wise Yahweh's Torah is with us when in fact the lying pen of the scribes has turned it into falsehood. Wow. The wise are put to shame, alarmed, entrapped. They have rejected the word of Yahweh so that wisdom, so what wisdom do they have? Mm -hmm. They have none. None. They Zero. have eloquence of speech. That's correct. A lot of, lot of words. But they lack wisdom. Mm -hmm. The only way that the Most High says you can have wisdom goes back to his words in Davarim. Mm. When he talks about obeying his mitzvot and realizing that Torah amongst the nation of Israel, he says, oh, the nations will look at you and say, what a wise people you are who have such wonderful rules mm. and mitzvot and commandments and are as near mm -hmm. to the Most High as you are mm. with wisdom and understanding. But if you've rejected, but if we reject this Torah, if we reject his mitzvot, if we reject his way of life, he goes back and he says, you're a people who do not know my rulings. You're stupid. You're faithless. You don't listen to my voice. Mm -hmm. So on and so on, as I have so mentioned, since I've been sitting here talking for the last 48 minutes. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm going to volley something over to you. Can you have wisdom without experiential knowledge? No. Can you be wise in something and have no experience? No. So, Actually performing the mitzvotes and getting wise as to how they're to be carried out is quintessential. You cannot study them from a peripheral and then think that you have a grasp on them. No. They need to have experiential knowledge that comes with it in order for you to have wisdom. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. 
I mean, I mean, you, he says, across the street, across the street, there is a passage in Hebrews, I believe it is chapter 10, that says, once you've come to the knowledge of the truth, there therefore remains no, no sacrifice, sacrifice for sin. Now, in order to understand that text, and that that is a true text, <laughs> a text, a text that they they coin that right up out of our out of our text because of the four offerings that exist: the Ola, the Asham, the Shalamim, and the uh, there's what's one mm. the Ola. Isham, the katas, yeah, there you go. The katas of those four offerings, there is no offering outside of those four offerings that you can offer the Most High if you violate with malice of forethought any of His rulings that He has given us. Yeah, so no premeditated anything. And in order for you to violate them, you have to violate them on the basis of forethought and knowledge, which means that you have to have the experience of understanding them. That's right. So if we go back to the Hebrew text, he says, he says there that once you come to the knowledge of truth, then there is no sacrifice that you can offer for sin because now the issue is not just the cognitive knowledge because mm -hmm. he's not talking about cognitive knowledge. He's talking about the experiential knowledge of fulfilling and taking into your spirit understanding of application. Mm. So with the application of this knowledge and you violate it, now there's nothing that you can offer me for what you have done except a broken and a contrite, contrite. spirit. Right. Dear ones, I, 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 I really, I have no clue. I have no clue why I jumped off on this road tonight. I don't have a clue. I've been talking for 51 minutes about this subject and I haven't, while I've kind of alluded to misfolks, I haven't, I haven't specified a misvote to you for, to understand and I need to do that. But I can't seem, I can't seem to get past the ignorance that exists amongst my people and help them to understand the nature of why understanding the misvotes and the application of them are so important to us in this exile. I can't seem to get past that. And every week I come in here, we come in to do the podcast and I've got I come with the idea, the board's ready. I got mitzvahs on the board ready to show you. But when I start talking, <sighs> the things that come out of my mouth will not allow me to get there. I'm there with you. I really, I am. I mean, I'll, I'll, all I can offer is to this discussion is we've got this narrative here that we don't want to repeat what we've, what we've come out of. And that I almost asked the question when I spoke this last Shabbat, when I said, why in the world do you believe Christ is who he is? And I, a lot of the answers that came out of that was because I was told you don't have any type of idea or foundation as to establish anything. And that's our plight is to have Hebrew and Israel understand and not to fall in that trap to just believe something because it is what it is. You have to have a full understanding and a good foundation to build upon in order to understand what the mitzvot are. And individuals, in order to acquiesce to that, they have to have that cathartic, I keep using the example, but like what alcoholics go through, you have to go through an understanding and say, yes, I am an alcoholic. Yes, I am a Hebrew Israel and I have to understand that I am under these governances. And if we can't get people to even understand that they are Hebrew Israel, what in the world, how are we going to progress into the mitzvot to teach them how to live? If they won't even accept that and understand 
why their Hebrew is real. When they're challenged with a world today that says that you're not, with a world that challenges you today and tells you that the mitzvot ain't squat, that you shouldn't do them, that they're not beneficial for you. They're all these things that our society and our culture, even our system of government in westernized world says it's a Burger King society. You can have it your way, the way you want it. You don't have to fear any Elohim at all because he's not tangible to you. He's not like us who's going to go and arrest you and throw you in a jail. But we're trying to make that, co that, that correlation between the two that said the reason you're getting your butt kicked right now is because of the fact that we've abandoned these. And getting individuals to come to that point of understanding is very difficult. And it, until, I mean, I, I feel where you are. I was almost lamenting today. I read some info. I saw some information on YouTube that I'm going to have to present. And it was so cathartic for me to, to see and hear it. And the only thing that resonated with me is I am living in the curse of my ancestors. I'm another nation is benefiting right now and living in their golden age because of our stupidity. And that's all I could see because I understand because my eyes have been opened and awakened to what the most high wants us to see. And it's difficult to, to get there when you got an obstinate, stiff-necked, stubborn group of people that won't even understand the foundation of who they are. And the issue is, is I'm not so, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not of the viewpoint that all of our people are of that constitution. Sure. But a majority of them are. Mm -hmm. And those that aren't are trying to figure how to dismiss themselves from the minutia of stupidity as the most high has so called us. Yeah. And yeah. you find yourself wrestling with people who don't understand the reason why you want to change. Yeah. I want our podcasts to be successful, but it's not up to me to make it or cause it to be that by me going outside the parameters of the direction of the Holy Spirit to conjure up something that the public finds as being, oh, this is good. I mean, you need to turn to listen to this. Right, right, right. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's, that's not who I am and that's not what the assignment is. The sincerity by which you and I speak about the words of the Most High are what's important. And if our listeners don't hear that sincerity, then it's all a moot point, yeah. a moot point yeah. except for those that are our followers and that are our Lord listeners that are listening to us, that we're being helpful to them as one gentleman has, has, has said to you. Right. And if just one person understands the sincerity of the narrative that you and I share over these mics each week, then we're doing our job. I need an isolated shot. You, Hebrews in exile, are the only thing that matters on the heart of the Most High. The words that I speak to you, the words that Cohen Appleton speaks and shares with me are words that come out of the text of spirit scripture that he spoke to the prophets. I'm only re regurgitating and restating 
not what my personal father taught me, but what my heavenly father has spoken to the prophets to say to his people, Israel, I need you to hear. I need you to see. I need you to understand that these words which I'm speaking to you, they shall be life to you. Until next week, until next podcast, this is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And Sean Appleton. And I say to you, Shalom. Shalom.